Hey, it's Torbis the Party, Bill Milton, Danny Roos, Bill Prapples, we also talk about Disney, but this week we're not talking about Disney, we're talking about Pinball, the special one with, it's a documentary, because we've done documentaries before. What other documentaries have we done? In the, in the same vein as uh, uh, the Rock of Fire Explosion, it's a bunch of fucking weirdos talking about their yeah. passion. Of a niche thing. I guess it is. I didn't even think about how this is kind of similar to Rock Fire Explosion because, yeah, we're talking about, I think it's from like 2009. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a documentary about pinball. It's more specifically about the death of pinball called Special Win Lit, which, like, yeah, like the Rock of Fire Explosion documentary, bounces back and forth in between talking about fans of, the, of, of pinball and the people who make pinball and how they're all kind of reacting to. Um, the slow death of pinball, and yeah. so yeah, that, that's just kind of it. Um, but yeah, hey, I I put this note. I, I didn't take blow by blows, but I took notes of it. Yeah, it's totally like, but, um, one thing that I give these guys that they didn't do in Rock of Fire Explosion, Rock of Fire Explosion, all those weirdos were like, it's gonna come back. It's gonna be bigger than ever, and it's gonna come back. These guys are like, pinball's dying, and we're the last of our breeds. That's one of my favorite moments in the whole, actually maybe my favorite moment in the whole thing, is when they're talking to the one pinball designer guy, the guy who's got mm-hmm. like some kind of hearing issue, because he's always wearing headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he says, yeah, I don't know if you want to print this, but pinball is slowly dying. And even the yeah. end of the documentary does nothing to necessarily refute that. In fact, it actually ends with what the Epstein guy, <clears throat> who I guess was the owner of that Broadway arcade in mm-hmm. New York, he's just like, yeah, it was a good 35 years, the yeah. end. And that's just how it ends, yeah. And I just, you know, and like, um, I, I, I can't even remember how I first discovered this documentary, but it's kind of become a little comfort food thing for me for the last 10 years. I think I think I discovered it. I think it used to be on Netflix a million years ago, and as since then, after it fell off Netflix, I bought it on iTunes. But it's just kind of a little bit of a comfort. It's so goofy that like it's, but it's it's still so such a quiet little documentary. It's like when I feel like I don't know what else I want to watch, but I want something to have on the TV that I can just have it on in the background. It's like that kind of perfect thing for me. But. Oh god, I forgot where I was going with that. But I had a point to say about, uh, uh... These weirdos? Yeah, the weirdos. The pinballs, pinball dying? Yeah. Oh god, no, it's totally falling out of my head. But, that's... The pinball owner of his arcade dying after 35 years? One of the things I do appreciate about this documentary, too, because in the wake of... I think ever since King of Kong... Mm-hmm. I think there's been a. In fact, I'm, I'm sure actually this special windlit pinball documentary was was probably greenlit as a result of the su- success of King of Kong. Uh, ever since then, there's been a, a real like rush to make like these what I call like little popumentaries because they're technically documentaries, but they're so lightweight and fluffy that like they're almost like a YouTube video. Like, do you ever see Toys That Made Us on yeah, Netflix? Yeah, I tried. And that's the one nice thing about it, at least special with when lit. It has a not a lot. Of, it, it, it's nicely designed. It's got a lot of great motion graphics and stuff. But at least there's no narrator being like, "Hey, yeah. you know you're." It's uh, one of the hallmarks for me for what I call a popumentary is when there's a narrator who can't stop just making stupid 
uh, puns all the time. Because, like, well, there was even the... What was it? The There was a video game documentary on Netflix that came out that was narrated by Charles Martinet. You know, the, the voice of Mario. Yeah. And even him, like, they'll talk about... And then Nintendo got a power-up from their lawyer, Kirby, when he, like, talked to Universal and they took back the rights to King Kong or whatever. And it's just like... At least Special When Lit doesn't have that. It's a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, because I had kind of forgotten we had done the Rockfire Explosion thing, I, I was I was curious to do another... Uh, I was curious to do a documentary again, because, like, there is no, like, one single narrative in this. There's no, like, it's not like this documentary is following any one specific person. It just kind of starts starts off talking to a bunch of random pinball fans. And then it goes and talks to some of the people who make pinball. And there's, like, there's parts of the documentary where, like, okay, now we're just going to, like, cover this, like, pinball tournament in Pittsburgh. And then we're going to talk to these guys. But, yeah, there's no one real narrative. So I was kind of curious to see how we do a blow-by-blow. Because I think even with the Rockefeller explosion thing, <clears throat> I think the first half of that was just pretty much just the fans. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. because the second half is all talking to that one weirdo who invented the Rockefeller explosion, who's convinced it's going to come back someday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, on top of the fans who themselves are kind of convinced it's going to come back someday, too. And that was kind of even that, that was kind of sadder. But at least the pinball idea, yeah, like I said, I, I like I like between the lack of a chuckle fuck narrator and the resignation of like admitting that pinball's kind of going oh this is what I was thinking about ah. <laughs> this is going to lead to my point uh, I got to thinking about like this is the first time I've watched this documentary since COVID hit though mm. and now like if pinball wasn't already going to be dead I mean pinball's never going to be completely dead there's always going to be pinball fans out there and even if people are building pinball tables out of their basement there's you know of course there's always going to be some kind of pinball in the world but man if anything was going to put the final kibosh on the pinball industry holy shit imagine you gotta imagine covid would be one of those things because like as few people that were playing pinball before now holy shit unless you know you're crazy anti-mask and stuff like that which i do you think that they made it less complicated and less expensive It'd be better, you, like, buy at home. I'd love a pinball machine, but the upkeep on them and how expensive they are is ridiculous. Well, did you see that, like, you know how they co- they have those, like, uh, pinball or those arcade units so you could buy at, like, Walmart and stuff now? Like, I've got the Star Wars one. Yeah. That same company the does. The mini ones. I think, yeah. Okay, they yeah. do an, yeah, but it's LED pinball. It's, it's not a pinball Well, that's pinball. what I was about to say, because... The way they get around that is it's 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 an LED screen, which is funny because it is pretty much just a giant flat screen TV built into a pinball table, which, which you think if you're doing that, you could like I think those pinball tables they have only come with one game. You think you could just like per, like just dump like 50 because if it's all of it is if if the quote unquote pinball LED pinball table you're buying is just essentially flat screen TV on on four little legs with with a, with a plunger on the side. You think you could just dump a bunch of ROMs in there or something, though? I mean, but I guess you have to recreate all those games specifically for that. But yeah, but that it's not the same thing. That's the whole appeal of pinball, is that even the most convoluted, electronic, packed version of pinball, there's still the physical allure of a real metal ball on a real table with little plungers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's it's... There is something about the physicality of pinball that sets it apart even from the best, you know, video game arcade stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, it's also kind of funny because anytime I ever say anything about pinballing, of course, especially if you're talking to older pinball people, they're always like, and then video came in. They never talk, like, even in this documentary, they never really refer to it as video games. They're always just like, and then video came in and fucked this up. And and they're comparing themselves to, like, Pac-Man and stuff like that. I'm like, man, the real reason people don't want to play pinball is because you've got shit like Grand Theft Auto, like, bigger games. It's like, they're so worked up about the old old age uh, arcade stuff. It's like, oh, man, it's like, it's the last thing you have to worry about now. Uh, but yeah, no, there's... What's your history with pinball, t- like, just in general? You know, I play it at arcades and shit. Okay. Uh, not really much. I knew I, when I was older, I had a friend that had her dad had two pinball machines but i never I oh really in his house. house yeah i never i went over to his house like twice but yeah, they weren't exactly. fancy yeah. ones they were old ass pinball games were they like all wood no electronics were no they, like, they were the a little bit but they, they 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 didn't have like um oh, man. Uh, dot matrix or anything they were like the rotating scores oh yeah that stuff yeah so they have. What's your favorite pinball? Do you have any like particular? Ah, uh, come on! Of? What is everybody's favorite pinball machine? Ah, you know the thing is, I assume everyone's just gonna say Adam's family. Yeah, of oh, course. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Which I've only run into in in real life just a handful of times. Uh, for some reason, I always ran into Attack from Mars way more often than than Adam's family. Mm, and Attack from one, Mars yeah. is really good. Um, Medieval Madness, I've run into a couple times. Uh, I, I sh- uh, this all aside, <laughs> I, I technically I live half a block away from the best arcade in Portland, which is filled with all kinds of great arcade game, video games, and pinball tables. So pretty much everything we're talking about today, you can probably find a cot. Well, assuming I know they've been shut down since COVID started. Hopefully, all that stuff is still there, and they can just reopen whenever COVID's over. They, they haven't like gutted the place and sent all those pinball tables and arcade units to the four winds. But hopefully, just li- literally like three doors down from when I'm recording this right now, there's still a giant like arcade room filled with they have the Adams family. They have like the new Ghostbusters. Um mm-hmm. I man, I I meant to look up to see like who made did you see the new Ghostbusters that came out with a couple years ago? It's like no. really good. It's like really like it's it's expensive though. It's like a dollar per play. Mm. But it's nice to see that people are still making new pinball teams, though. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the No, things... they talk about them all the time on the Beast cast on, for Giant Bomb. Yeah, exactly. It was a Jeff Bacalar specifically. Yeah. I guess he's one of those people who collects pinball. And man, I, like, I've, I've always heard people talk about how they have... That they own arcade, you know, video games. And how difficult those can be to upkeep. Just because, you know, you've got the CRTs and you've got some kind of like... Sw- like, electronic switches for the... For the joysticks and stuff like that and man that sounds like nothing compared to like upkeeping a pinball table yeah. just even one pinball table because like even they show a little bit in the of the manufacturing uh in 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 special when lit they show it's a bunch of pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest uh pinball tables being put together and you just see like let's like each pinball table has literally like 20 miles of Oh, there's so much wires on Cords and the solenoids and this and that for all the, like, little doodads. And it seems like in order to own, like, a modern pinball table, you'd have to not only be, like, in, like, like have a degree in electrical engineering, but you'd also have to, like, have a degree in, like, computer engine, like, software and hardware engineering because it involves all that stuff. Um, 
There's one thing, I almost wish there was a documentary about old school pinball before everything got electronified. Because mm -hmm. they touch upon that a little bit in this documentary too. About, I guess there is a natural divide within the pinball community about the old timers, who I would assume must, must, mostly must be dead, who they <laughs> grew up with pinball before like the late 70s and early 80s when everything got, kind of like what you were saying when the... What that, that that person whose dad you were talking about owned like an old pinball table, but it was the kind without like the electronic scoreboard. It was like little the rolling scoreboards. Yeah. Like I like I guess pinball purists they don't like the fact that pinball became electronified and has all these crazy rules and the fact that you can't just go up to a pinball table and understand exactly what you're supposed to do. Well, that like, is you, a like, thing about pinball games. Like even playing like. Uh... The stuff on on current game systems, all the yeah. stuff they put out for that. You look at it and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> but here. But that's not really the point. It's just kind of like, yeah, because I, I, uh, I, yeah, I. And love... then that's that's an I I mean, pinball would be dying anyway. But if the average person, if I I play video games all the time and I still look at a pinball table and I'm like, I don't know what to aim for here. Exactly. But it's just fun. I don't know just what stages I'm supposed it. to be going through. But... I love pinball, but I don't understand a single pinball table. No. <laughs> like, like I just like I just know that like if it tells me to try to get the multi ball, I'll try to go for the multi ball. If it tells mm -hmm. me to shoot like this little toy in the environment i'll shoot the toy but like i have no idea what i'm doing in terms of like okay i gotta get like gotta ring this thing seven times to unlock this mode and if i do this mode right that'll unlock that but no yeah like yeah um and i'm sure that's the way most human beings are and it's <laughs> pinball's kind of lucky to have survived as long as it did with that kind of opacity of understanding of like what the hell's actually going on to actually play pinball effectively if you want to play competitively and or anything like that. Also, the average person doesn't dance around while they're playing it. Like, they got fucking ants in their pants. That's like, even the one guy, there's one mustached guy. He's the guy he talks about. He helped legalize pinball in, like, 1974. And he no, seems... there's two dudes, man. At least two. <laughs> well, but there's the one guy. He has a play. He's, he's an older guy. He's got mustache and everything like that. Yeah. He seemed kind of distinguished. And then they show him actually playing pinball in the ladder <laughs> off the dock, and he's just doing the shit. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and, I mean, in terms of like embarrassing people in that in that documentary, it's it's the, one of the lesser ex uh, embarrassing things. Probably the most embarrassing thing is that pin geek guy, which we don't actually get to see him playing pinball. So, Wait but... a second, now, yeah, I that guy's pretty bad, but yeah. what about the dude who wore the shirt that his belly's always hanging out the bottom of? <laughs> that is the same. <laughs> <laughs> it seems. It seems like you. Sam Harvey. If you're making a pop culture documentary. Doesn't seem like you're truly successful unless you find one member of the fandom of whatever it is that you're talking about who's willing to embarrass themselves on camera like that. Not that the guy does anything specifically, but yeah, yeah. he shows his house. <laughs> <laughs> he he realizes. Okay, I have this I can, documentary. Okay, crew. I can describe <laughs> for for everybody out there who hasn't seen this. I yeah. can describe his house perfectly. Yeah, okay. It's the kind of house. I mean, it's full of pinball shit, but it's the kind of house that you go into, 
and the area around the light switch is dark because it's so fucking dirty. Yeah, it's just grimy. It's never been this clean. This house is Everybody never... knows that kind of house. Everybody's been in that yeah. kind of house at least once where the area around the light switch is black. Just because his Cheeto-encrusted hands <laughs> for, like, the last 30 years. You can totally tell that no one has, like run a vacuum cleaner or used no. any windex in this house it's okay. not like abjectly disgusting it's not like there's like plates of spaghetti molding all over the place but it's just yeah and this guy he's like in his like mid late 50s and he obviously lives he looks, by himself and he's he looks a like an, a saturday night live character he's basically he's, pat's yeah. dad he's got the frizzy hair he's got these big yeah. thick glasses and he's the nice guy he's not doing anything bad yeah. and he's not like he's not like quite living in squalor it's just really grimy. He's like just a dicky. He doesn't have all the room for all the pinball shit he's got. He's Mr. Plinkett 10 years before Mr. Plinkett started murdering hookers. He has like <laughs> books full of like yeah. transactions of who has a current pinball machine. Well, he talks about how he's been living in that house for like the last 30 years. And you can totally tell, yeah, no one has cleaned any part of that house since like the day before they had to show the house to him. Before he agreed to start buying, to start renting, or he was, bought the house. And, but I was yeah, going to say his his poor kids uh, haven't oh, to you know. deal with that house after he died. But you know he ain't. But got that's kids. the best part is that like yeah he's like okay I've got this documentary crew from I guess Australia. We're looking up the Wikipedia entry for this. Uh, Did he clean up? <laughs> no, but that's what <laughs> I'm saying. He's up. like I've got this documentary. They're doing this broad <laughs> scope documentary about the pinball industry and pinball fandom in general they're coming to talk to me at my house yeah. i gotta put my best foot forward by not getting dressed at all not getting clean at all i'm gonna put no, on he my put on his good polo that he, he fit into 40 shirts. years ago he put on his tiniest shirt <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if it's one of those things where like because i guess maybe he just does so... laundry it was like the one last clean shirt he had but it's because he hadn't worn it in 10 20 years it no longer fit and so it was maybe it was more important that his shirt was clean than rather than it fit so he's just, he's just talking to these guys on his couch with his gut just hanging out and like his pants kind of falling well... down a little bit so you can almost see like a little bit of his cry it's just just uh and well, then, again, you know the guys... he was standing there next to his pinball machines and his guts hanging out and you're like oh man you gotta do something about that but then he's sitting on his couch and he doesn't eat his his shirt is, it looks like he tried to pull it well, up and shut him down. Well that's the funny thing because you're like, oh that's like they caught him in this unopportune moment while he's playing <laughs> his favorite arcade moment. But then he goes out, he's like laying on his kid. It's almost like he pulled up his, his belly to itch his belly and then forgot to put his shirt back down or something like that. I can't imagine what the outtakes from that scene look like. But the guy's very sweet. It's not like he's yeah. saying anything horrible, but he's just this old man who's obviously like autistic or something like that and he's a bit of a hoarder and in terms of like freaky people in a in a documentary thank god i've never watched tiger king so i don't have, don't know exactly what goes on in tiger king but i can't imagine oh, yeah. it's anything compared to tiger king so it, it's it's it, that's probably the most freakiest part of this whole documentary is when they go talk to that one guy with the frizzy hair but it is crazy about how he's been talking about how like he talks about how he's been like, <laughs> I think he's got, like, something like a hundred different pinball tables, but he doesn't have a large house. He doesn't have no. a house big enough to store. So, like, he shows, like, he's got one back room that's just filled with wooden 
bodies of old, like, 1940s pinball tables? 26 wooden bodies yeah, stacked. Yeah, wooden bodies, and then he pulls out the With, back... And, uh, and, and around 250 back glasses. It's a, and he pulls out a back glass for, like, a game called, like, Devil's Snare. With, like, it's, like, from, like, 1978 with, like... Actually, it is actually pretty great art of, like, this, like, devil snake thing. And he's like, ain't oh. that cool? Ain't that cool? And it is cool! Pin, pinball just... art is either the best or the worst. There's no middle ground. Yeah, and that's actually good pinball art. But, like, in the, actually, it's really real well rendered. Or you've got, like, the fucking jet trash fucking painted airbrushed van art. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's not quite that, but, yeah, it's... Some person that didn't know how to draw anatomy trying to draw a sexy lady with a tits angle. Yeah, and that tends to be mostly, like, the older stuff, like, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Oh, but. Uh, but, man, so, yeah, but, yeah, I just thought it was, like, like a really kind of sweethearted documentary, for the most yeah. part. It's, yeah. it's 90 minutes long, so it's not too long. Um, they talk I like to... when they, they flash back to the origins of pinball. They don't yeah. really do much with it, but I like the fact that there's some newscast that's basically like, Ah, oh, pinball's the devil! <laughs> we destroyed them! They had them coming. I was looking up to see what the history of pinball... Well, also, before I forget, too, the uh, the very first thing, which I never paid attention until, re again, re-watching it this time, the very first thing you see in the, in the documentary is there's a little bit of text that says, Since 1931, over mm -hmm. 20 million pinball tables have been manufactured uh, in the world. Yeah. And the way they kind of present that, that's supposed to be like, oh, that's very impressive, 20 million. And I got to thinking, 20 million ain't shit. <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> didn't they just announce that like the latest Animal Crossing for Switch sold like 26 million copies yeah. in like less than a year? And I looked it up and like, yeah, 20 compared to video games, 20 million. Minecraft, which I guess now is officially the, the most best-selling video game in history, has sold 200 million copies. Which, granted, that's a $15 piece of software you can buy on your phone and everything like that. That that's yeah. you know it's hard that's hard to compare that to like, God knows how much a pinball table costs like thousands of dollars. But then, just for, for others, like last night when I went to bed, I was looking up the list of like the most best-selling uh, video game arcade <laughs> units, and yeah. like. 20 million, like, that's still ain't that much because I think they, they, they said that the most popular pinball table of all time was the Adams Family, which mm -hmm. sold, tw like, I think it was like 20,000 tables, which, again, that doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, 20,000, I would not want to have to put together by hand 20,000 no. <laughs> Adams Family pinball tables by myself. But in the grand scope of things, so it was like, okay, well, how many, how, like, how, like, how popular was, like, Pac-Man in the arcade? Uh, Pac-Man actually sold a uh, four. What was it like four hundred thousand arcade mm -hmm. units back in the day? Which said that's that does want the shit out of like even the most popular pinball table. And I was like, okay, what like what what arcade unit sold like twenty thousand? I was like, oh, NBA was it NBA NBA Jam mm -hmm. or like m like Mappy? <laughs> like all Ooh, the, Mappy. If you combine all the pinball. Uh, it's just like, yeah, so, so it's funny to think that the most popular pinball table in the world, compared to, like, arcade games, is only as popular as the most, like, D-tier arcade game. So, well, and that's... Another, another yeah. thing about uh, arcade games versus pinball games is, yeah, you like, three or four people can kind of get around a pinball and watch it comfortably, yeah. but an arcade game, you can watch from any place because the screen's up high, so yeah. you could have... I mean, you don't get crowds around anything nowadays, because who the yeah. fuck cares? Well, even COVID aside, even if you're talking like 2018, but yeah. 
Well, unless, though, unless you've got, like, a multiplayer cabinet uh, with, like, you know, Street Fighter, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you get even more people that way. Yeah. Um, even the even the old, old retro stuff, you know, like Ninja Turtles. I keep on forgetting Ninja Turtles as an arcade cabinet is, like, 30 years old. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, pinball, man, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, kind of a sad thing. I know, but that's kind of the tenor of this whole thing. But yeah. Well, of course, there's the dude in the rat fink shirt that runs a pinball hall of fame in Las Vegas. Cause yeah, got to put on your best rat fink shirt. And it's funny that like he seems to be the manager of that pinball arcade or that pinball museum. And again, that's the his, his best foot, he, foot, foot foot forward is the rat fink shirt. Yeah. He says with no irony in his voice that there are many kids today who don't even know what a pinball is. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's... And then the other guys complain that kids today don't understand pinball. They just want that their dance dance revolution or them fighting <laughs> games. Which also, you have to remember, this 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 documentary is already like 11 years old. <laughs> like, so it's... <laughs> the, the, uh, the, ex, the Pinball Expo co-founder Mike Pack says that uh, kids today that between the computer games, the home systems, the Nintendos, the Segas, and the Game Boys, they just won't play pinball. Dude, it's 2009. The Segas? The Segas. That's the, the Segas. The, well, that's what half of these people would like... When they were in their prime, it was back when, like, back in, like, 1985 when pinball was first being threatened by that shit. So it's funny that in 20, 20, 2009, they still think it's the same... Yeah, and well, half of these people still think seems to think that video games are just like Pac-Man and stuff like that. Yeah, like no, it's by 2009, it's like video games have like exponentially grown beyond beyond whatever. Because like everyone's talking about how, well, the video game, it's just you just like you just collect pack, you just eat Pac-Man pellets and that's it. Whereas like mm -hmm. pinball can last forever. I'm like even stuff like Tetris aside. Which Tetris can last forever too. Like yeah. your relationship with pinball can be exactly the same way as with Tetris. But like video games have advanced beyond way more than the video games that you seem to be comparing pinball to. Because like, like you've never played World of War, or obviously never even heard of like something like World of Warcraft or something like that. Where you well, can also just, like, in two thousand nine, there were plenty of pinball arc video games. Yeah, that's. Did you, did you ever buy the pinball arcade thing? That was on yeah, so one of them, Zen or the other one. Yeah, there's there's Zen Pinball, which I think they kind of... They do some digital recreations of pinball tables, but I think they also come up with their own pinball tables. Yeah. Whereas Pinball Arcade is purely archival. And that's the one I had originally invested in, because I think they were the ones who... I first found out about those when they were doing the Kickstarter campaigns to do, like... Um, I think it was a Kickstarter campaign to do The Addams Family... And a Kickstarter campaign to do the Star Trek Next Generation tables. They essentially did digitize those tables and make them available to play on their their platform on consoles and mobile and stuff like that. And so I that's how I got invested in their ecosystem of digitized pinball tables. And that stuff was pretty cool. But the best part is when they went out of business. And you could buy all <laughs> the tables for super cheap. And I did yeah. that. I to be. I have played the shit out of that stuff. When they, all that stuff went on sale right before they went out of business, I don't know if they the company went out of business, but definitely they stopped. They had to shut down the pinball arcade stuff a couple of years ago, and you could buy like all the tables for like. I think they just <laughs> lost the licensing. I lost. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um. And considering <laughs> that there's only like two or three companies that ever made pinball tables, you lose 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 two or three licenses. You just can't do business anymore. And but I bought all that stuff, and I, <laughs> that stuff, 
if you probably count all the time, like, if you were to count up all the time, uh, the amount of time I've put into any games on my PlayStation 4, i probably put more time into Pinball Arcade than I have anything else on PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know what, <laughs> I had never really played that much of the Addams Family before getting that digital version in Pinball Arcade, but I've played the fuck out of that into yeah. Pinball Arcade, because that is legitimately... Yeah, not to say it's like a perfect recreation. I'm sure the physics are off and stuff like that. I'm sure they probably had to change a couple things due to licensing within the pinball tables when they digitized them. But still, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny that like even playing a digital version of a, a pinball table, you could be like, okay, this actually is pretty good. Like, like Medieval Madness, which I, should, which I had not played that often in real life. Playing the digital version, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty fun. Like, like you could like when you're really, really, really getting the feel about. It, when the ball does this and you have to do this kind of crazy trick shot even not even understanding the rules but just getting a feel for how the ball rolls around the table and everything like that it's just mamma mia feels so good it's so nice yeah hey <laughs> i like else? that i like uh rafael lanker the pinball museum of france guy oh yeah he the says, pinball. He says <laughs> it is better to collect pinball than use cocaine I guess if those are your two options, my dude. I guess that's the only thing. Is <laughs> yeah, it, is okay. It, I love the pinball and I don't love the Wimon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that There's that guy and there's an English guy they talk to. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he also says that his machines are like his children, but just like his children, he likes some better than the others. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to admit that, my <laughs> man. Imagine this guy's like, hey, guys, uh, I'm a pinball documentary. We should watch it together as a family. <laughs> and like things get real quiet after that part. The doctor and her were watching it together. <coughs> oh man! But yeah, it's 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 kind of like I never thought about how because I've always heard about how pinball had been illegal for decades, and they they highlight in, in this documentary about how pinball survived. At least American yeah. pinball companies they survived just by exporting all their stuff to Europe for like for all the you know fifties, forties, fifties, and sixties. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, they talk about how pinball, like, thrived all over Europe. And he's like, but nowadays, there's not one pinball in, in Germany, not one pinball in Italy. And, like, <laughs> oh, God, just, it's, it's kind of funny to get, like, this, 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 like, European angle about what the pinball situation is like from this, like, cartoon French man. I'm surprised he's not, got, like, holding a bagel <laughs> and playing the accordion <laughs> while they're talking to him. Because, yeah, he seems like an Animaniacs parody of a Frenchman. I like the collector who wore his best cut-off jeans to show around his <laughs> pinball well, collection. Guys in, like, bare feet and flip-flops. There's a dude from Pittsburgh who's, like, this balding insurance collector or insurance mm -hmm. agent who's got the super Yinzer accent. He's like, oh, I, I used to be a youth pastor, so one day I wanted oh, to yeah, be, like, a guy, Jesus yeah. pinball table. Which, that's yeah. one of the... <laughs> That's one of the cornier moments. I can't imagine why his guest bedroom's filled with pinball machines instead of guests. <coughs> it's also kind of alarming because he talks about how, like, in his warehouse room, the back room of his house or whatever, where he's, like, stored most of his pinball tables, he's, like, built these ex extra decks up yeah. on the second story to, like, store extra pinball tables, and those must be heavy as hell. And I'm like, man, hopefully he didn't just build those decks by himself. Hopefully he got, like, an actual person in there because, like, that's just going to collapse someday. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he starts talking about how he wants there to be like a Jesus pinball table. And yeah, it's the one corny kind of thing they do from an editorial perspective. And they do like a little Jesus pinball animation with the music and everything. It's cute, but it's a little dopey. But yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, the, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other kind of crazy collectors and stuff in there. Oh, there's um, plenty of them, Bill. What are you talking about? But I don't like the fact 
actually talk to some of the people. What are you talking? Are you forgetting about the meatloaf impersonator looking motherfucker? Who's <laughs> That's a chunky guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's an yeah. actor? Uh huh. Um, a bodyguard and a Jaws collector. The, yeah, because he's got. He claims to have the yellow barrels from Jaws, which I uh -huh. a little suspicious of that. And like right in the middle <laughs> of his pinball room, he's got like uh, Quint's ch uh, fishing chair. Mm -hmm. Or at least a record. I can't imagine he's got actually original props from all that stuff. But like, I also wonder how. What fucking money do these people have? To, like, just to even pay the electrical bill to keep their pinball tables. Like, like, just to get, for all the lights and the electricity to keep their pinball tables running would be yeah. a lot of money. But yeah, and much less just buying all the pinball tables. Like the, these guys are I doing have something no right. Idea if have, how if, collectors afford all this shit. It's yeah. Especially when you're talking to the, the, the dipshits. You're like, yeah. how are you getting all this money? Did you rob somebody? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's baffling. So they gotta be doing something right. I guess. That's like Jeff Bacalar from the Giant Bomb. He beast cast. He must well, be he's doing borrowing. Right. Oh, is that what he's doing? Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's borrowing. He doesn't really own any of them. He just borrows them. Which, how does people. that work? Because a lot of the collectors are like, I don't have room for all these machines. You want to hang on to it for a while? Well, that's kind of the funny thing. These guys are talking about like, oh, like I'll just drive like 100 miles just to go buy this pinball table on a whim. And like, I'm assuming you just must have a truck, not even a van, to be able mm -hmm. to like lug around. Like, God, a pinball table's got to be pretty fucking heavy. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... I mean, that's fascinating. But again, not only do you have to be rich and have to have all this extra storage space for all the pinball tables, but again, like, you have to have, like, an, a, a, a degree and a minimum in, in electrical engineering to be able to upkeep that stuff. Unless you're hiring someone else to come to your house and fix something. Oh, the, the belly dude's got a work area because he says he spent, he wakes up and he works on shit for eight, you he know. He does have. Them. And yeah. it is a, it is a woof -a doof -a, it's a cluster. It's a giant. He's got several just walls filled with like parts organizers and stuff like yeah. that. So he seems to be serious at least in terms of like the upkeep also, on his, his pinballs. But his uh, he's got one of those hand you know movable magnifying big magnifying glasses. That oh, exactly. Like, yeah. And it is so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> imagine that's what maybe he did clean up. It was even worse before that that, that camera yeah. crew showed up. And yeah, he did, he did a pretty good job of uh, literally hiding the bodies, but. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of another kind of crazy collectors. Um, I do like, like I said, I like the fact they actually talk to some of the people who make the pinball <laughs> tables. Some those asshole. I don't remember who it was, but there was some asshole who said, we were rock and roll of the 70s. <laughs> what are you, what are you talking about? Rock and roll was the rock and roll of the 70s. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, the 70s are kind of defined by the rock music that kind of, not like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, in 1974, it's... the movie Tommy pushed pinball into the mainstream. What the fuck is Tommy? You never heard of Tommy? No. You've never I mean, heard I, of Tommy. I looked, it, I looked it up, and it's Who and Pinball, but no, I never heard of really? Tommy. Really? You never no. heard of, like Pinball Wizard? I have heard. Oh, of her. I wow. have heard Pinball Wizard, okay. but I don't know That's it was what, off a movie or whatever. Tommy's like a rock. I don't know if it was like an album before they turned it into a movie or what. But all I know the Who. Yeah, there's a whole thing called Tommy. Is Tommy, is, is the Who, are they the ones who did also, oh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. I always yeah. get Tommy and the flo uh, the Wall confused. I don't know anything about Tommy other than it's got <laughs> And I don't even know what You don't know about Tommy? <laughs> what do you got? 
don't, I don't know anything about it either. I think this is one of those things where, like, again, you and I are only seven years apart in age, but sometimes that five. seven years can be, like, yeah. Five. Five yeah. years, Bill. Is it only five years? Okay. But no. that five years is still enough to, like, yeah. Not that I, I don't know if I've even heard Pinball Wizard, but I heard of Pinball Wizard. Mm -hmm. Well, Tommy and... came out the year you were born, so. Oh, wow. Um, 1975. What was March it March 19th. Just like last week's episode where I made the Bill Mudge promise not to include the uh, White Rabbit song from mm -hmm. Jefferson Airplane in, in the House of Wonderland episode, you will not be hearing Tommy <laughs> or oh, Pinball Wizard in this week's Pinball episode. I'll find anything, any other pinball-related music or anything like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess it's weird, too, because... This whole documentary is definitely cloaked in, like, 70s... So they're, they're really driving home the fact that, like, pinball kind of hit its apex during the 1970s. I guess right after that one guy helped make pinball legal. Uh, and, and right as, like... I guess also just right around the same time as arcade games were hitting their first golden age back in the late 70s and early 80s, too. I guess both... Not a coincidence that both happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it is weird, though, how... How old were you in, like, 1992? Uh, 12 or 11, oh, okay. so time of year. You weren't, like... Did you, like, see, like, were you playing pinball tables at then, back then? No, I, I, I would play a pinball table every now and then, but I'd started playing it. I'd play, like, a couple balls, and I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be <laughs> okay, achieving yeah, here, like, and then yeah, I'd exactly. stop. Um, it's weird because this documentary also highlights how... Like, there was, like, the first golden age of pinball, which is, like, the, yeah, late 70s and early 80s, and I guess it kind of fell fallow as, like, the home video game consoles kind of rose in the late, you know, with the Nintendo. I guess most of them just blame it on Nintendo in the latter, later 80s. But then it had, like, a second wind. The console, uh, the, the pinball industry had a second wind in the early 90s. And I always wondered why that is, because if anything, like... With, like, because that was right around, like, you know, you had the Super Nintendo and the Genesis were just starting to heat up. It's, I, I, and, and I can only pin it to the fact that, like, because I was, like, prime, I was born in 1975, so I'm, like, prime Generation Xer. And I wonder if it's just because my generation just really happened to be hitting its stride just in the early 90s. I kind of wonder if it was just Gen X counterculture stuff kind of helped elevate pinball one last time before it finally died. Because mm. I remember, like, all the coffee shops and stuff I'd go to back in Pittsburgh, they always had, like, they always had the latest pinball tables and stuff. Like, uh, back in Pittsburgh, there was uh, uh, two uh, coffee houses called Beehive uh, that were, like, the hippest, coolest places in town to go to if you were, like, a teenager in, like, 19 1992. And, uh, but they had pinballs. They had, like, Revenge of uh, Attack from Mars and uh, Medieval Madness and stuff like that. And <laughs> unless there's some other kind of socioeconomic dynamic that I'm thinking of. I can't imagine why that was the apex. And then, you know, of course that, that, I guess that's why the Adams family became the most popular pinball table of all time because it just happened to hit at the apex of that second wind of the pinball industry and also was a perfect <laughs> perfect subject matter for yeah. like a popular pinball table, especially if it was going to be designed well because it's such a kooky, like, and I love the fact, I guess they actually went out of their way to like record like specific audio like they actually got Raul Julia and Christopher Lloyd to record like fresh lines for the pinball table mm -hmm. um which that's even that's that's even perfect but fuck man yeah so yeah, it's, it's 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 so weird that like I just happened to be in high school right when pinball had its big uh 
big, like, second golden age. And it's so weird that, it, like, everything was dead less than a decade later. Like, it crashed so hard. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's just you can chalk that up between competition from home video games escalating with, like, the introduction of, like, the PlayStation and Nintendo 64. Video games getting more, more uh, involved. And the birth of the internet, which... Like, less people going out to... I don't know. I don't know how the internet would kill pinball, but, like... I guess there's more people just being online and less people, like, go, like playing games out in the real world. Yeah. Well, one of the guys <laughs> talked about how back at the 50s and 60s, you'd go out for entertainment and... And you know, and now you got is, TV yeah. at home. You can, but people were people watched the fuck out of TVs in the fifties and sixties. That's what like, I'm saying. Like the, that one guy, he, when he's talking about, he's trying to explain why pinball first blew up when it did, like in the seventies and stuff. Like he's like, like everyone, he's talking about how everyone went out to get food rather than cooking at home. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm sure within like a certain like subclass generational stuff, maybe that's so. But like, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's just weird how. There's a lot of, I mean, with anything like this where people are desperately trying to cling, cling on to their youth through a thing like this, be it an animatronic gorilla singing songs or <laughs> well, a ball bouncing yeah. around a table, you're going to justify why it was so important when you were a kid and then why, you know, things changed and it's well, not important anymore. Yeah, and then you kind of project what you liked about it onto, you, mm -hmm. you, just, you just try to make it like a generational thing, like, oh, it's a social thing because it's like, just because it was a big thing to you as a kid, <clears throat> you'll try to explain it like it was so important to everyone else, like in the same way that it was important to me as a kid. And, like, no, it's just it was just a fresh new thing. Like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But it's just it's just yeah, it's it's because I remember it's just so weird that I remember pinball being such a big thing when I was a high schooler, but it turns out it actually was a big thing. Like, because that was really was the big. It's kind of the reverse where I'm talking where I'm like, in retrospect, I would have assumed that like. The pinball boom that I saw when I was in high school was me just projecting that, but no, I guess it was actually a real thing. And I, yeah, even looking back, I still can't figure out exactly why that was. I'm glad it had a second boom, yeah. and allowed for some. Yeah, like I said, there was a lot of cool pinball tables in the '90s, uh, even though I guess they went a little bit crazy with like holographic tables and yeah. and yeah. There is another documentary too called Tilt, which involves most of the same people. Uh, they talk to in special when lit, like the guys who work within the industry. They're also in that other documentary, which is, I think it's Tilt's The Mission to Save Pinball, which I think is more, I've seen it before, but it's one of those things where it's not very sexily put together as a documentary. It's much drier, more technical. Oh, this <laughs> one's so sexy. Well, but, you know, at least, you know, special when lit, it's got the fun music and it's got, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively quickly paced and. It's shucking and jiving and doing its best to trying to keep you entertained. Whereas special, whereas a with tilt documentary is just like really is just uh, ninety minutes of talking heads. There's no snappy music or motion graphics or anything like that. It's just guys going, yes. And then we made this the Phantom Menace episode one pinball table, and it killed pinball forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like. And yeah. they're not talking to kooky fans like the guy with his belly hanging out or the Jaws dude. Like, it's all just dry business stuff. And that's kind of interesting, though, because I think... Was it Williams was the company that made this? They specifically talk about how... Uh, the, what was the biggest video game... Or the biggest pinball uh, company at the time that still existed by 1990. They invested all their money in coming out with, like, this holographic Episode 1 Star Wars Ooh. Phantom Menace pinball table. 
and it, they sold like two of those tables and it just immediately bankrupted the company and they went out of business. And that was like the last big uh, company. Uh, and I guess the only one left after that was, I think, I guess it was, who did they talk about? Is it like Stern? It's, yeah, it's the Stern's one. Stern's the one left. Because they talked to the, yeah, they, that's where they showed like the one company where they're actually showing like a bunch of, they got a bunch of Latino people, <laughs> but uh, on, they got a cheap bunch of cheap Latino people labor uh, building, yeah, those Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest uh, tables, which again, that's kind of cool to see. And they show a little bit of like the design process. Like they mm-hmm. show like the computer aided design stuff of like the one guy's like, I think it's like a NASCAR table. He's like, okay, this is like where we did our physical mock-up and here's the finished version and like each table takes takes the entire company like a whole year of dedicated uh design and stuff to put together and yeah and that's that's the crazy thing where you get to see the people on on the on the uh on the what's it called the line construction line just like yeah just literally You've got these ladies just like looping miles and miles of cables Ugh. around just to build the other side of the tables and that stuff. Looks so miserable. It's, I mean, that the working, but the, it, the, the end result is so pretty with all the flashing lights and the dingle-lingle-lingle. Yeah, man, that. For what you get the end, pinballing <laughs> seems so much effort to design yeah. and build just to have a machine that goes dingle-lingle-ling. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> that, that's kind of it. With all also, the- you can go to the World Championships in Pittsburgh. Yay! <laughs> I guess it's, the organization is called Papa, which I love because it's like the what the pinball amateur something something. Pin- and- pinball am- professional amateur pinball association. Yeah, and they show and they, that's their second chance to show a bunch of freaks because <laughs> they show like. There's Some the one, asshole who named himself the Storm. The Storm, and he's this guy. He's this tall, lumpy dude whose eyes shoot off in five different directions. <laughs> and I, I feel a little bad because there's I think, some guy named Neil Schultz who's. I think it's just Ben Stiller dressed in a costume. It literally does. I mean, it really does look like they hire because, like, he looks like he looks like he looks like Ben Stiller, just like wearing thick glasses and a wig, like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, they talk. That's, yeah, and, oh my god, I, I feel bad, I think it's the Storm guy who, he's like, I know this sounds stupid, this makes me sound stupid as shit, but we are, there's enough of a physical aspect of this that we are technically athletes. Yeah. And that's when they kick into the whole, like, they do a little montage of showing how stupid everyone looks when they like football. <laughs> and it's one of the few times in this documentary where they're really kind of punching down at their subject matter. Cause like it's like this whole graceful music playing over these like oh yeah everyone's doing the thing where they're like kicking their legs into the air and dancing and mm-hmm. oh my god that room though wherever and that pinball thing looks pretty cool though the the storm's also the one who's like you know there's a lot of skill involved with this but there's also a lot of luck and I just haven't had the luck on my side to win yeah. it's not that everybody's better than him it's just he just hasn't been lucky. I do appreciate because you think someone called the storm would be much more aggro about it. At least he's being honest. He's enough that like there is luck, and that's kind yeah. of that's kind of I guess that's kind of an undercurrent. In the whole documentary too is, and that, that kind of gets highlighted at the beginning when they talk about how pinball was first outlawed because it was just seen as this like game. It's of basically chance. pachinko. It's pachinko, yeah. Which looking up the Not history, pa- is it pachinko? No, is I don't the- think it's called the Japanese stuff. Yeah. I tried to look up the history yeah, of pinball, and like no one seems to understand where pinball came from because they even they talk about how like pachinko and pinball seem to have come from the same place, but no one's mm-hmm. quite sure. 
Um, they know there's a couple things, like, like, I guess there's, like, some English nobleman in, like, 1871 first invented, like, the plunger that, you know, like, kicks the ball up, and yeah. they talk to, I guess the it's the one guy, the old, <laughs> the, the old Jewish guy in this documentary who's like, yes, I came up with the idea to have two little flippers at the bottom of the table, oh, yeah. and, uh, so they, they, they go into a little bit how pinball went from just being purely a game of luck into like and that's how the older guy with the mustache proved to like the new york city council that pinball can be a game of skill because you got the flippers and you can manipulate the ball it's not just like it's not just the devil's tool or anything like and that you dance when you're doing it <laughs> you dance, the better yeah. you dance the more you get so it's funny that guy kind of mentions how like there's still though even though pinball that like most of these expert pinball players have kind of like honed in into a skill there is still enough of a luck element that it is can't always guarantee that skill is always going to win the day and, you know, yeah um, but yeah so they they like the whole third of this documentary is pretty much devoted to yeah this one pit, uh the, the pinball tournament in pittsburgh where i guess some guy he decided he was going to start hosting a pinball tournament in pittsburgh right by the side of a creek Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought this giant warehouse, filled it with like 300 pinball tables, and they held the pinball tournament there for, like one year. And like literally, like a week later, the the, the the creek flooded, totally flooded his entire warehouse, really nicely put together warehouse filled with pinball tables, and they had to smash like 200 of the pinball tables for parts. And he yeah. actually shows like the morgue room back at the rebuilt warehouse where he says oh yeah here's all the like the the pinball tables we keep we just like strip these things for parts whenever we need it and they spent the next year trying to rebuy all the uh like replace all those damaged pinball tables and stuff like that and they barely managed to get the 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 the, uh essentially it's almost like a pinball museum back in working order just like the day before like the next year's uh pinball tournament which i guess is that what we see for like the rest of the third of the documentary and they talk about some guy named Lyman Sheets who actually works on pinball tables like mm-hmm. he works with I think he works with a guy with the hearing problems who later in talks about how like pinball's dying yeah and I guess he's just the best pinball player in the world he like he's also, he also dances like a nut and that's the they show him he's also and again he seems to be pretty for someone who's like supposed to be he's himself, like kicking and falling to his knees in the middle of stuff that's, what, that's the thing i don't understand because if anything you think that would almost be derogatory to your play because you're just even your perspective of the tables moving up and down because you're like kicking up in the air and like dropping to your knees and stuff like that but hey i guess whatever works and yeah. but yeah lyman sheets <laughs> like they try to do their best to instill some kind of drama about who's gonna win this pinball tournament and at the end it's the guy they keep on talking about lyman yeah. sheets yeah and he gives yeah. everyone else to ask but at least he seems to be relatively well adjusted, though. Other than, than, than dancing when he plays, he just seems like to be like a normal guy. He's just like, "Hey, what's oh, up?" He's the coolest guy at the community center. Except there's one part I don't remember what he's talking about. Uh, he's talking about something, and he gets fucking crazy eyes. <laughs> he gets uh, eyes that I I, I knew. Does Cod crazy- Snake show up? No, like the kind of eyes that are like bulging. He opens them too wide, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> this, this dude's crazy." Yeah. But yeah, that's no. <laughs> get, a, get a screen cap for that. It just, maybe it was just the fact that it reminded me of a dude's eyes I knew that I had to wrestle a machete out of his hands with. So <laughs> oh God! Maybe uh, that. Wait, was what it. happened there? Oh, he showed up to his ex-wife's place, and then me and a couple other people happened to be inside, and he had a 
and, and didn't like the new boyfriend sucker punched him in the mouth and they oh, got wow. well and the new boyfriend was a martial arts like <laughs> instructor oh no so we How had to pull just... him up he we had to pull him apart and uh he was like oh so that's how it's gonna be and reached behind his back and pulled out a huge huge uh machete type knife a Filipino machete. Holy shit. And we had to wrestle him to the ground, and we had him pinned down, and he's all, help, help. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Who you call for help? Well, exactly. You're the one that pulled out a It's funny, the guy is the most threatening asshole. guy in the situation is suddenly turns turtle and yeah. is all like, ah. Um, yeah. Wow. He was crazy. Yeah. That's that a hell crazy. of a thing to randomly drop in a conversation. Oh, yeah, that pinball guy. He reminds me of the time <laughs> I had to find a dude. <laughs> Yeah, oh, there's wow, more to the story. Well, yeah. they do that thing too, because like, like they do look a freeze frame on some of those guys too, and I could see that maybe they freeze framed on an unattractive image of that guy going like bleh or something. Like that. But, oh no, it's it's just it's just something else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, at least the pinball experts aren't too freakish. But yeah. We'll return after these messages. I think one of the most difficult things that anybody might encounter in their lives is to be somewhat helpless in the inevitability of an outcome. If you say pinball, people are like, what? I mean, there are many kids today that, that don't know what a pinball machine is. It wasn't like going to a Walt Disney movie. It was more like hanging out with your friends and doing bad things. We were rock and roll in the 70s. Business was booming. Unbelievable. Demand was sky high. It was a pinball paradise. It is an American invention. It has been a big part of American pop culture. But uh, you might not want to print this, but pinball slowly dying. I was very surprised that other people were like this. I thought we were just crazy. It starts with one. Buy another one. And then another one. So I buy 20 here, 30 here. And I was outgrowing the family room. 60 games. 350. Close to 600, 1600. And then your wife starts to say, uh, what's going on here? You got enough. No. Yes. No. I wake up, do it every single day. Like an extension of my hand or something, I guess. Pitbull is a game that adds more to life. <laughs> you built it up and built it up, and now comes the big multi-ball, the one you've been trying to get for 20 games. Look at this person. This person's just done a very difficult thing here. He must be. He must be special. If you met the right woman, would you give up people for her? Absolutely not. <laughs> I guess uh, may I, it, it, it will depend on what type of woman it is. <laughs> gotta be yeah, yeah I, it's one of those things too because i could wonder i'd imagine they probably spent like maybe the first six months filming this documentary they're like i don't know if we've got the right footage i don't know if we have something that really pushes this 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 documentary over like in, in into like the the you know in the status of being like oh my god this is amazing 
Well, oh, and then suddenly Pin Geek shows up, and they're like, okay, this guy is, yeah, this, this seals the and deal. This is going to be a documentary. he calls himself the Jim Morrison of pinball. <laughs> and this guy, it's 2009. You can't say that when you're wearing a beanie with a propeller on it. And it is the lack of self-awareness here. And again, unprompted self-awareness. It's not even one of this, it's not even, it's one of those things where the documentary seems like it has to work that hard to punch down at this guy. Because this guy's making an ass out of, it's not like he's, he seems like a nice enough guy. He's not like he's shit-talking anyone else. I don't. He's not, I got I, serious. I got serious asshole vibes from him. Well, yeah, but well, <laughs> but it's they kind of let him hang himself with his own rope enough. I appreciate that. Like, yeah, like <laughs> the cruelest is a pin geek. Is this guy? He's like this chubby fifty-year-old guy who's obviously balding because he can't ever be seen without being wearing a hat because you could always mm -hmm. tell those guys. He's this balding fifty-year-old guy who, yeah, he's, he calls himself pin geek. And, when, and I love when they first introduce him, too. They suddenly cut back to everyone else that's already been in the document. They're like, oh, Pingy. Pingy. Uh, Pingy. Um, he's this guy who I guess he makes all of his money in 2009 mm -hmm. selling VHS tapes that he's been taking. Nah, they, they, they do say DVDs, but Oh, still. they are DVDs? Oh, Christ, I hope so. But, yeah, I guess, because we see him with, like, a little camcorder, but I guess it is maybe, like, a little DVR as opposed to a... But, um... Who knows? His life is a roller coaster excitement. <laughs> but his whole thing is that he just goes to pinball exhibitions and stuff, and to be fair, actually, from a total, like, video game history preservation perspective, what he's doing is actually interesting, and that mm -hmm. he is just going out of his way to document uh, pinball tables wherever he goes. And yeah. he loves just to document different people playing different pinball tables just for posterity's sake. And I guess he just burns all this stuff onto DVDs and he sells the DVDs for like, you know, 20 bucks or whatever at these pinball exhibitions. Yeah, but and he's he's given a lecture and the crowd size is like if you and I had something at an expo. <laughs> really, it's, tar it's, it's targetparty.jpg. It's yeah. showing that, that audience. There's like 20 people there at best in a at room that's at best. best. <laughs> And a, and, a, and a room that's designed yeah, to hold, like, that 200 includes, people. That includes the crew behind the camera. Exactly. And that's the best part, because he's, like, he's gathered everyone to, for his panel, and at his panel, I guess he's just hawking his DVDs, and he's just showing off his latest videos, and they show him, he's like, oh, I don't I'm know. I'm really good at this. I was a marketer. He's, yeah, he's, I'm so good. I'm so good. And like, as he's showing off his videos to the crowd, he's like, this is amazing. I can't, I, I, I can't stop just rewatching this on myself all the time. And like, as he's saying this, like everyone in the room's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, you know. He hey, he does say he's single and you gotta be. You well, can't be married or have kids. It'll kill you. And this and is the thing. they ask him. This is one of the rare yeah. times you hear the crew. They say, "Would you would you give up pinball for a woman?" And he's like, "No, no, no." And he's, I don't he, think he's got to worry about it. He talks about how like his lifestyle is so rock and roll oh, that he so would drive like he just can't have a, a wife and a family just because they would weigh him down just because he yeah. lives such an extreme lifestyle of seemingly living out of his van selling pinball DVDs. One of the thing is his buddy is this guy named Coy Morris, who's mm -hmm. this guy who, it's like they genetically engineered him to be in a pinball documentary. He's this guy <laughs> with thick glasses and he talks like this and we see him playing, he's trying to get into the pinball uh, tournament that they that kind of makes up the latter half of the, pot, or the, 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 the documentary and he yeah. goes, six million 
Guardian! When he's playing by himself and he's just, he's obviously kind of performing for the camera crew a little bit, so he's like shouting at his score. He's like, 15 million! <laughs> and he's sitting with Pin Geek and they ask him, like, would he, like, put Pinball aside for a woman? And then I forgot what he says, but it's just like, you know, I think he's like, I I'd have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a little more open to the idea of a woman getting involved in his life than Pin Geek is. But mm -hmm. yeah, and then Pin Geek talks about how like he's been diagnosed with stuff and like that. And he doesn't take the medication he's been prescribed, and he's obviously got some kind of issues. And stuff, but yeah. but yeah, the fact that he's this company, the, the thing is, he's wearing a propeller beanie with the word Pin Geek uh, engraved yeah. on it in fucking like rhinestones, and he's just. I, I gotta appreciate someone who's willing to make himself look like an idiot just, he just to make says, sure. He oh. says at one point he's given up on mankind because people just don't go to bars and punch each other out like yeah, John he talks Wayne about, like, John and then Wayne. have a drink over it later. That's like, John really? <laughs> well, this whole thing is like he's talking about how he wants to be Elton John. Oh, he, he talks about how he wants to be the. Like, this is in 2009. He's yeah. talking about all this old timey shit. Of like, he wants to be the Elton John. He's working on saving that industry. He's saving that industry. Which, to be fair, I would imagine he's probably documented a lot of stuff that would go undocumented. But at the same time, really gives a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> right it's... after that is when somebody says that uh, <sighs> uh, chemically it's the same as athletes when they're running down the ball with the field with the football yeah i think that's, that's probably the storm that's probably like why that, yeah. everybody we see in this documentary is in tip-top shape at least physical shape lyman sheets at least used to be a tall skinny guy at least he's not he's not he's still walking around with his gut hanging out mm -hmm. but yeah um i like how they slow motion showing some guy jumping up <laughs> Oh, and his big can ham ass is yeah. just, <laughs> at the pinball tournament. He's like wearing khaki shorts, and it's just like, oh no, uh, athletes. Oh yeah, athletes, and I think that's part of the segment of like the music kind of being, oh yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's a cute documentary. It, yeah. they, like, they don't punch down too hard because it's not like they have to work that hard to make the people they're talking to seem a little ridiculous. Hey, it's not quite as bonkers. Hey. As is the there only one non-Caucasian in this special? Well, Coy Morris is the one yeah. guy. God. Everybody they, else, I mean, there's like ten ladies. They talk, I'm shocked but. they talked to like, yeah, and was one of the ladies is like, oh yeah, this thing, like, there's like 200 guys and ten ladies. Which and like I, at the world championships, I don't, why were they, there was nobody else, nobody from the world there, it seemed. Well, for the pinball I kind of wonder, well, it is kind of funny because, like, before the pinball championships, they're walking the streets of downtown Pittsburgh asking everyone else, like, oh, have you heard they're, host they're hosting this pinball, this pinball tournament, like, right across the river? And they're like, what? Pinball? What the hell are you talking about? Mm. And so either they did a bad job of, like, announcing to anyone else that this pinball tournament was going on, or it's just closed to the contestants, which you think that would be kind of a dumb idea, too, but I don't know, but I looked it up. It looks mm -hmm. like at least up until COVID hit, that's that 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 pinball center was still going on. So they did manage to survive that that first flood from like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So at least up until 2018, they were still existing, but and they were still holding the Papa tournaments. And I did see the guy, the Ben Stiller guy. He did win. 
and like he pulled the lineman sheets and he became the winner a couple times too so mm. um yeah uh pen geek and koi morris and the other guys never really won i don't think the storm ever won the papa tournament but oh yeah and so that's and that's the kind of funny thing too is they talked to the uh the older the epstein guy from new york doing the broadway arcade that kind of ends the documentary and i guess he's the one who actually started the pinball foundation the papa thing that's the guy from Pittsburgh eventually took over once that dude's arcade got shut down in New York, because I guess that Pinball Association got started at, that, at the Broadway Arcade in New York. But once they got, they got shut down, I guess this Pits, Pit, guy from Pittsburgh, he's the one who took it over. But they never really articulate that in the in in, in the documentary, but the, just reading about the documentary online, that that's, that's what, what happened. But, um, but yeah. And, yeah, but like I said, yeah, I like the fact they actually talked to a couple guys who work inside the industry. They, they, they kind of poke gentle fun at yeah the, the chubby guy with the frizzy hair who, who has like the hearing condition who there's a couple of guys who are like oh I'm so glad I got that guy's autograph because he was I, th- I think he may have been one of the people like designed the Adams family and stuff like that and mm-hmm. he's one of the most worn out but like they show him like in a 1990s like PR video he's like driving a Lamborghini and being like oh yeah this is what drug making pinball gets you and pfft. yeah yeah, and he's with the guy at the end of the podcast. Hope they didn't, our industry is I dying. Hope, hope they didn't get all that lost up their nose. Save some of it for retirement. <laughs> you think even the most popular pinball designer in the world, you think they're making enough money to just... I guess if you're if you're pretending to own a Lamborghini, I guess maybe you could also pretend to do cocaine. But Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm kind of curious, too, because they also talk about how all the pinball... Uh, companies were all organized in uh, Chicago, and I always kind of wonder what happened there. Because um, especially if the pinball industry survived for like 30 years just by supplying almost entirely to Europe, you think like one of the coastal, like you know, you think New York would have been a bigger place for pinball companies to to move to or survive. But yeah, sent you so. a photo of crazy eyes. <clears throat> oh no, let me see this photo of crazy eyes. <laughs> Live sheets being all like, yeah, he's leaning back with his eyes open. Or, yeah, I don't know what yeah. he's talking about, but oh, I think he God. was talking about the stance you have to have when you're. Oh doing yeah. Oh, that makes sense. No, oh, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> I said, compared to the people in the Rock Fire Explosion well, documentary, these guys all seem to be relatively well adjusted, except well, for maybe Pinky, but yeah, yeah. but. Yes. Well, we've done Rockify Explosion. We've done Special and Lit. Now all I need to do is get you to watch Monster Camp, and we'll have the trifecta. What is done. Monster Camp? That's the LARPing documentary. Oh, is that Fireball? Fireball? Uh, maybe. <laughs> You're like, what the hell's Fireball? Fireball? All I know is that there's a documentary about people LARP in the woods, and the one thing I've seen from that is like, like some guy in a wizard costume just yelling Fireball, Fireball. And like, that's a, like, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of clips of that kind of shit. There's two big LARPing documentaries. One's really good. One's kind of like the serious version. Hey, I would say no talking to that. About. Yeah. So, if you think it's that good, I will totally watch it. I've watched Monster Camp like, a couple times, and I've showed it to a couple different people. And it's well, especially if you time. want to watch it for the podcast, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I last night also tweeted out, asked everyone what their favorite pinball tables were. Uh, I should check, log into the account, see. Uh, I know the one response we got from. Let me see. Uh, of course, uh, Phil Theobald tweeted in with the uh, five six da 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 the Sesame Street thing. 
Oh, the yeah. animated plunger thing, One, which two, three, four, I already five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten, ten, 11, 11 12. twelve. Which I had already earmarked for being the intro music for this week's episode. Uh, let's see, my concho. Yeah, he just uh, replied with an animated gift from Morticia Adams drinking tea, of course. Uh, and uh, buh, buh, buh. Nate Shackleford says Circus Voltaire and Theater of Magic. Mm. Which I don't know if I've played Circus Voltaire. I've only played, I think Theater of Magic is in the pinball arcade stuff on PlayStation 4, and I think that's where I've played that. If I remember correctly, that has like a cube <laughs> where I think it's like a magic cube where you can shoot the pinball into and it kind of disappears or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of uh, Jeff Bacalar and the Giant Beast cast talk about how he owns Funhouse, which is the pinball table where there's like a marionette head? That, like, oh, yeah, watches yeah. the ball, and they keep on talking about how he's gonna die because that marionette's yeah. gonna wake up and kill him. Yeah. Um, which that always cracks me up. Man. And again, uh, I've mentioned this before when talking about arcade stuff, but, like, I think that one of the things that opened my eyes to the history of pinball as a kid was Penny, uh, Kennywood Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They had a really good Penny Arcade, which had a whole bunch of old tiny uh, arcade games and pinball stuff, and, but they had a decent supply of the old, like, pre electronic like wooden cabinet with scores with like little rollers and stuff like that that kind of pinball stuff so at least you know it was kind of cool to see it, growing up to see that in real life too aside you know alongside all the newer flashier cabinets and it was always fun too to go like it's funny how often i wound up in bars as a kid because i would get dragged there to my parents because they were like part of like in mount oliver where i grew up they were part of, like, the, the, the local city commission and stuff. Like, so, so sometimes if they had to do business with, like, local businesses, I would go along with them. And uh, while my parents were talking to someone, like, oh, hey, do you want to, like, support our little, our like, local Little League team? I would just be playing whatever pinball table the bar had in the back corner or something like that. Uh, and, uh, God, I remember, uh, there was a diner in Mount Oliver called Mike's Lunch. Which they they I you sh- if you need to go pee. No, you're fine. I'm just saying. Oh, now's the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you go I ahead. Can, I, I, I guess I guess I'll take advantage of it. I mean, yeah, because I can already feel myself like. Okay, you go. You kids. go. Uncle go, Billy's go. got a story, a self-indulgent story. Um, yeah, there was a diner in Mount Oliver, uh, that's called Mike's Lunch that actually financed the little league team that I was on when I was a kid. We were just called, the team was just called Mike's Lunch. I don't know why the diner was called Mike's Lunch. It's kind of a weird name for a diner. But they had, I remember, for the longest time, they had, their only, like, entertainment in the back was, like, a half-busted Street Fighter One cabinet. The, the one with the punchy pads, but of course it was half-busted. Just like most Street Fighter One cabinets. But then they eventually got a Super Mario Brothers pinball table. And it was one of the things where... Like, word of the pinball table all circulated around the neighborhood. It was like a thing you'd hear from other kids, like, Oh, did you hear they have Super Mario Brothers pinballs? Mike Lunch. And we went there and played the shit out of that as a kid. And that was really cool. Um. Yeah. Yeah? That was, you, you pee so quickly. Yeah, the bathroom's right next to me. Does it come out in just one big drop? Yeah, it says. <laughs> <laughs> big globule. Uh huh. Um. Also, this is the first time watching the documentary. I realized because, like, the pit, special when lit begins with the begins and ends with footage of pinball tables rotting in the forest for whatever reason. Mm. And one of them is a Simpsons pinball table. I'm like, oh man, that's so sad. That's like a pinball table I would have played 
Yeah. Back in the day, but that's how the because most of the other pinball tables are showing kind of like older pinball tables from the seventies well, and stuff. But now I they're wish... doing really topical stuff like Guns and Roses pinball tables. Yeah, which I'm cutting glad edge. That, again. I'm glad that they're really, still really tired. That, that that, to be fair, that kind of white trash shit is kind of like half of what makes pinball pinball. Like I said, most of the most of the pinball tables in the world, oh, have always existed existed in the back of like a smoky shitty bar. So it totally yeah. makes sense that there would be a Guns and I'm shocked it took this long for there to be a Guns and Roses pinball table to be honest. I'm loving an adventure time. <sighs> That'd be oh, good stuff. Man, I'm trying to think of oh shit, man, that's the like you could probably There's make properties you could really use on it, but oh that's yeah, and it's funny that like it, uh, if Pit, if Adam's family hadn't been a thing, that would pro probably be one of my first suggestions now because that is so and. Not only, but the thing is, you don't. It's it's not just a game of like, what pinball table do you want to see, but like, what would be the features <laughs> that mm -hmm. you would want to see on a table, like Adventure Time. Like, what would be the to like, what would you, what would be like the toys on the pinball table in the Adventure Time game? Would you have Jake? You got just Jake, a big Jake. Got, yeah, okay. Uh, Lady Rainicorn can be the ramps. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, and then just Princess the voice samples gums. and everything would be fantastic. Yeah. God, yeah, they would have probably made a pretty cool Marvel MCU thing. Of uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that would have been more like an OKKO OK table would have made it. like any stuff like the OKKO OK Adventure Time Gravity mm -hmm. Falls would have made like a little adventure. Uh, the Mystery Shack would have made a great little toy. Um, oh my God, there's so much. Like even like a, like a, like a new Ducktales man, that could have yeah. been. They Bob's even... Burgers. Oh man! Oh yeah! No, Boss Burgers would have just been—you had toys of all the kids mm -hmm. on the table and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. pretty much any kooky, cartoony kind of thing lends itself to a good thing, like a pinball theming. But Hannibal, <sighs> Hannibal, Hannibal, the show Hannibal. <laughs> all the is different just... foods around the table. <laughs> Just like a little people like, cut up into slices. Jillian Anderson's leg, and just like as a thing that you have to smack with a pinball and stuff. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm trying to think of other. I mean, literally anything, as long as you get creative. Like, it's yeah. the Glenn, Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross thing of like technically you can make a movie out of anything if you just do a good enough job. Same thing with pinball. If you just work hard enough, like you could probably make a good like David Lynch <laughs> pinball table if you wanted, or Wes Anderson. Uh, pinball table or oh god but yeah so that's that's kind of pinball there's nothing too crazy i just like the idea again talking about a documentary where there's no specific plot which again that's kind of like i guess it's 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 the like the uh rock fire explosion documentary but it's still kind of fun and poppy and yeah special yeah. when lit yeah it's no longer on netflix it's on itunes though i think you can buy and rent it on youtube too uh, yeah, I'm so gonna need some uh, some high res of Captain Belly. <laughs> you get to see all the veins in his gut. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, also, did had you have you ever actually played Medieval Madness, which I mean, is one of the tables everyone like really goes off about. Um, I guess because that was made in Chicago and they wanted to get a bunch of comedians to do the voiceover talent, they got a bunch of people from. Doesn't SCTV. look familiar. Yeah, but it's uh, some of the voice talent in there. It's like Tina Fey and Scott Adsit, who played the producer on 30 Rock, mm -hmm. did some of the voices on there. And I think they even did some like there were some of the writing for that stuff. But mm. Yeah, so... Actually, I should... Speaking of documentaries, 
I know they just came out with a documentary of... What's the company that made Mortal Kombat? Insert Midway? Coin. Yeah, I think they just came out with a documentary about Midway. Mm-hmm. And I know those guys... Midway also made Pinball. I should check it out just to see if there's any kind of interest. Because I don't give a shit about, like, Mortal Kombat or anything like that. But I'm curious to see anything else that they talk about. But yeah, Insert Coin, I know, just, just, just came out recently, so... Uh, but yeah, so that's special. Yeah, that was fun Let's, to watch. Yeah. The other the other documentary I was thinking about maybe covering next, because it's my other um, comfort food documentary when I want to watch, is Electric Boogaloo, the untold story of mm-hmm. canon films. Which, did I make you watch that before? I can't remember if you've no. actually seen it. That is, that right there, like, if we just talked about the movies they talk about in that documentary, we could watch... That could feel tardy the party for two years straight if we just mm. did nothing but documentary. Uh, did, did episodes about movies in, in that documentary. But yeah, yeah, Electric Boogaloo, maybe next time when I... Oh, know. we also need to do The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Oh, man, Justin uh, McElroy was kicking and screaming about that forever. And considering he's from West Virginia, so he'd have a perfect... Is that pretty good? Oh, oh man. What's, what's good about... Well, what's your pitch? Like, what's what, what's so good about it? Uh, there's a scene where a, uh, so these people are all riding off the success of, like, their grandpa or father's clogging from back in the, like, Lawrence Welk era or some shit. Mountain folk dancing. Well, I forget what it's called. Appalachian dancing. Uh But, uh, they're all super white trash. Super, super white trash. And there's a point where one of those trashy ladies gives birth. And then she snorts some opioids at the hospital <laughs> and cries because they take the baby away from her because she snorted opioids at the hospital. And then that night when she leaves the hospital, she goes to a bar and snorts opioids off the back of a toilet at the bar. Wow. But that's Classy. one scene. That's one scene in <laughs> The Great Wonderful Wife. It's like a documentary about Virginia. my sister. Jesus Christ. Okay. So yeah. maybe not necessarily the feel-good hit of the year. No, it's but... not feel... Well, it makes you feel good about not being... Well, yeah, people. exactly. Just being... Yeah, no matter what's going on in your life, at least you're not that fucked up. Because they think they are the greatest. Yeah, all I, hear, all I knew about that was, yeah, Justin McElroy had been freaking out about that, and I just knew the title, so I had no idea what the actual subject matter was. Yeah, it, wow. it's a... It's That's... a... It's a... I'm glad I'm not Oof. those people, and I don't know those people kind of documentary. Jesus Christ, thank you. And it was, Ollie, produced, it was produced by Dick House, uh, the uh, jackass guys. Oh, really? No, okay. Yeah, it was produced by them. So. <sighs> I didn't know those guys did anything but... <laughs> Weren't they making a new jackass and someone got cut in half? Or something like that? <laughs> I don't know, but that wouldn't be I thought I heard something you. about, like, within the last month or two, they had started... Like, like, I like Johnny Knoxville's foot got blown off or something like that. I'm not like sure. That. I only know Ryan Dunn died. That's the only yeah. thing. Yeah. And well, those guys, because that was the first Augusta jackass over. like 30 years ago. So now those yeah. guys all are in their, in their 60s. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Hopefully you think they find younger people to kind of take some of the brunt of some of the bullshit that they're doing themselves with. Nah. That, God, that yeah. time has passed, I feel like. Man, I remember Ryan Dunn died. People made it sound like it was like the JFK assassination. People were so <laughs> like, Ryan Dunn! Who would have thought that a man who put a car up his ass would have died young? <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I wasn't like that at all. I was like, I can't believe more of them aren't dead already. Exactly. I can't believe it's just the one guy. After 30 years, like, I'm shocked that Steve-O is still alive. Well, he got sober. 
Yeah, well, exactly. That I think that's unlike. I think Johnny Knoxville kind of settled down and had a wife and kid. And I think yeah. he got divorced, but at least his family obligations kept him from just drinking and throwing himself off of cliffs every night. Or what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, I guess that's technically. I should we do Jackass someday? One of the Jackass movies as a documentary. I like the Jackass movie. I had a good time. Aside never... from the pranks, I hate their pranks, but I've never been a fan of pranks. Did they do much of the pranks in the movies? Uh, they teetered out the further along they get. So the first yeah, one, I feel yeah. like there was a lot. The second one, there was less. And the third Are one, there three was... of the documentaries? Are there three Jackass Yeah, because the third one was the 3D one. Maybe, I don't know. If Which one is one that starts with them in the giant shopping cart at the beginning? I think that's two? Okay, yeah. I just Reason remember the specific... one where they shoot a dildo across the screen. Because <laughs> it's in means. 3D. Oh, because they're doing the... Maybe I haven't seen that one. Maybe okay. Actually, three is pretty good. Pretty darn good. Okay, I'm opening up my Google documentary. <laughs> Google documents for uh, Tardy the Party. I'm just typing in Jackass just as a push Shit comes volcano to Volcano is a phrase I can use. <laughs> <laughs> I am just literally just typing Jackass is question mark <laughs> Shit volcano. Yeah. I may have. I think maybe I just saw the first two. Then I saw Jackass three and three and three D in theaters. Was the three D actually pretty good? Yeah, because they took advantage of it. Unlike a lot like of like really stuff. took advantage of it. Like yeah. really took advantage of it <laughs> more than any other movie before or since. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. If also, if anyone else has recommendations for like any kooky, crazy documentaries that they like, feel free to throw them our way. Um, I always mean to see, uh, especially if it's not chuckle fucky. If it's not too popumentary, or it's too like, Ugh, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know good documentaries when I see them. That's all. I yeah, know. basically ones that don't make fun of the people; they just allow the people to make fun of themselves. And that's kind of the thing. That's mostly like, as as not the, not that special one like gets totally crazy, but like like with Pin Geek, they it's they're not really making fun of him as much as letting him kind of embarrass himself a little bit which that in of itself is kind of from editorial perspective a little still a little still a little cruel but at least they're not like you don't feel like they're editing it to make him seem stupider than he was when they felt like you know like yeah it's, yeah. yeah so yeah, <sighs> yeah. what so, are we doing next time next time we're going to talk about some disney shorts on the disney through the deck oh shit okay oh, we're shit. doing like well, i guess maybe our next to last batch of disney shorts so what's yep. dun, corn dun, dun, chips dun. trick or treat <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm so humorous the fact that I just have corn chips. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, trick or treat. Let's stick together. Mickey's party. Lambert the sheepy's lion. And Pluto's Christmas tree. So we got a Halloween and a Christmas in, uh, was it going to be? F- yeah, in February. Man, we got <laughs> so thrown super. off course. Because I remember thinking that, like, if we had played our cards differently, like, right around Halloween, we could have done trick or treat close like yeah yeah whatever yeah halloween we had just done uh sleepy hollow which actually if you look at disney disney through the decades not actually that long ago but between like treasure island and some of the other stuff when we did a bunch of the nature documentaries kind of i don't want to say slowed us down because it's not like i had a good time doing them but Yeah. yeah okay we'll do those uh six shorts next time so oof a dupe but that'll be all the next to last Again, it's kind of the golden age of Disney for the Decades collection, kind of winding down with our next to last uh, collect- shorts of a uh, collection of shorts. But. Yeah. Ooh, we'll see what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. I just, I really just want to sit down and watch every episode of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Yeah. How many yeah. I think I'm here. 
cool for two. Then we have five episodes on here. Of oh. yeah. All oh. the others have too much racism. <laughs> they can only find the five episodes for them. They're not actually shooting Native Americans in the neck. How long are these episodes? Because I can say we can sh well, each episode, oh, they're about 45 minutes long, so maybe if we're doing all five episodes in the Mickey Mouse Club might be a little bit much of an ask. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that in the future, though. Yeah. So, yeah, pinball! I love pinball. Pinball's yeah. fun. It makes the yeah. dingly, makes the sound go up. But yeah, I I would love to see... Too expensive, too much upkeep. Too expensive, too upkeep, too complicated. I'd rather have a billiard table. Really? I mean, because there's no own. upkeep. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just the table, and if you don't want to play like billiards, then you can just stack all your video games on there and just be storage yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about that. Hey, really? Do you know how to play pool? Yeah. All I know is pool, you gotta get the thing. I mean, there's different thing. types of games. Yeah. There's eight ball, there's nine ball. You know, I don't understand that. Ones. It's like poker. Like, how they're different well, one, poker, it's just the cards. In, in uh, eight ball, you. You have two people. One tries to get all the stripes in. The other tries to get all the solids in. Except for See, the, eight ball, you, the eight ball, yeah. you try to get in last. Okay. And See, yeah, my relationship to billiards is the same as my relationship to pinball. Where like all I know is you need to get the ball in the hole. There's a nine ball. I think it is. Is uh, you only have nine balls on the table, but you try to get them in numerical order. Oh, okay. Well, do the colors ever really match much, other than the side like solids versus stripes? Uh, like there's nothing some more. Of the games it's like I, maybe in some of the modes I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say I would imagine there's like a Roy Roy G Biv thing where you have to go like, okay, you gotta do red, and you gotta do orange, you gotta do and yellow. Yeah. Billiards is full size, pool is a slightly smaller table, and then there's. Uh, oh, that's a, billiards and pool aren't necessarily the same thing. No, pool tables oh. are smaller. Jesus Christ, you are like a fucking pool shark. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> You're fucking colorful. And then there's over here. there's the one with the bumpers. I forget what that's called right now. Uh, that's kitty shit. That's kitty shit. No. That's just also like okay, okay. So here's my whole eternity of why I like playing it, but I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's pool, mm -hmm. pinball, and bowling. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I know with bowling, mm -hmm. knock the pins down. Yeah. You do it three times, that's a turkey. That's <laughs> all I know about bowling. But I have bowled a shitload in my life, but I never really bothered to learn the rules more than, like, yeah. Oh, man. Can you... Uh, is there anything that sounds less appealing than going to a bowling alley, getting some some <laughs> rental shoes and sticking your holes in a bowling ball right now? God, I didn't think about that. That is, like, pure... It's pure poison! <laughs> oh, my God! And then, yeah! And eating some nachos while you bowl. <laughs> <laughs> bowling... In order to survive, I'm assuming any bowling alley survives the pandemic, they're gonna have to find a way to come up with like disposable shoes and disposable bowling balls. Yeah, there's a huge bowling alley up here near me. Oh, called Jesus! Big Owls. Yeah. Uh, really big Owls. But they That's they have they have a whole bunch of bowling alleys. They've got uh, arcade oh. games and a restaurant. Oh, I think they might have man. laser tag too, but I'm not sure. Custom but design, there, not survive the pandemic. You, there you are, Al. L is I love big owls. And somebody on work, when I first started working at the place I work now, uh, had looked it up, and it, I thought they went to a website that said I love bi, bi gals. So I was like, was somebody looking at porn on the work computer? Wow, that's fantastic. Oh, no, but they just really love pinball and uh, bowling. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. No, I never heard of that. Yeah. I guess so. So if you're next time you're in Washington... Uh, Vancouver, Washington, 
and there's not a pandemic, go maybe see if Pin Big Al's survived, yeah. I guess? They got pretty uh. cool food at the restaurant there. You know, I was going to say also casinos. Casinos must be hit pretty hard, but considering... Oh, the, the people, people who go to casinos don't give a fuck. I was about to say the kind of people who go to casinos. That's already a personality test right there. If you go to casinos, you don't give a shit about pandemic. Yeah. Um, God, I, being human and made of meat right now just sucks. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Uh, but yeah, so that's pinball. Hopefully pinball survives long enough to... So, like, your baby John can grow up playing pinball somewhere someday so yeah, there's, there's nothing nicer than because especially me i don't drink so if you go to a bar and there's nothing to do you play pinball and it's fun and it's all dirty and greasy oh, they got nine nah, they got the golden tees and the <laughs> oh yeah the, exactly yeah and the big game hunters that you can play <sighs> no i don't want that stuff the flappy bird machines i was like oh god i was looking this I was raving about my old the, the penny uh, the, the the penny arcade at uh, uh, the Kennywood Park that I grew up in. I was looking at a recent video of it. Like half of it is just like like big deer hunter. Like I guess there's Flappy Bird arcade machines yeah. now that where it's like the the control is just one big button just to flap the wings. Like I guess that's the new stuff. I guess that's maybe if I if I were this if, if I were the same age I were I was now. Like, back in, like, 1991 when the Ninja Turtles arcade was coming out, I'd be like, oh, I'd be turning my nose at the Ninja Turtles arcade in the same way that, like, I'd be turning my no nose at Big Deer Hunter or Flappy Bird. But still, it's just like, oh, man, not even yeah. real games at that point. It's just fucking noise. It's dumb shit. Dumb I'll take a, take a pinball table over that shit. Even if it's a Big Buck Hunter-themed pinball table, I'd rather play that <laughs> than an actual Big Buck Hunter game thing. But, yeah, yeah so. Well, that was that. Fun documentary. If you Seek made a pinball out table out of your life, what would the toy be? What would what would be the ramp what? and stuff? What? Oh, uh... Um, yeah. I don't know, man. There'd have to be, like, little ba ballet dancers and shit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, mine would just be, like, it would just be me, big fat me, and just kicking myself in the balls with the pinball the whole time. Well, wouldn't it just be the Star Wars pinball? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> Star Wars pinball <laughs> and uh, Back to the Future pinball merge together. Actually, yeah, if you could take that Ghostbusters Back to the Future. Oh, God, is there a Back to the Future table? Oh, that'd be great. I'm sure back there in, like, is. 1989 there was. Oh, man. You know, I don't know if, uh, like... Shit, I'm trying to think. I don't ever remember there being just, like, a normal Star Wars pinball table before. I'm sure there was. Aside yeah, from the, the, the Phantom Menace table that killed Williams or whatever, but... Okay, we should wrap this up. I can go... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Here's we'll come back next week. Yeah. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Tardy Podcast is right. Tardy Podcast. I'm sure around. Whatever. Gobble Google go. Gobble Google go. And, um... Yeah. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. I'm gonna check Twitter one last time to see if anyone replied to the pinball tables and it doesn't seem like they have as of 11:34 pacific standard time Damn. nope no nope. yeah thank you to everyone who replied to my tweet last night that i tweeted at 1 a.m i'm surprised i got any responses <laughs> at all thank yeah you. yeah well i yeah. fell asleep last night while watching the documentary and i got to thinking mm. like oh shit i should have like when i when uh, last week's episode Just was first went live i should have posted dancing bellies in your head <laughs> doing striped shirts I was gonna say it's like the dancing pink elephants from Dumbo, but it's just a bunch of guys with their guts hanging out. Okay. Well, we'll be back next week with the yeah, Disney shorts. Yeah. Alright, get out of here. So long for all pop culture media witness. Whatever. God, God.
Ding, ding, ding. Boing, boing. Ding, 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 ding. Crack. Special play replay. Ah, we tilt it. Is there any way for a podcast to have the thing where the numbers come up? If you get the lucky number, you get a free game. No, there's no way to do that. Okay. Just picture us in dot dot matrix mode talking to you guys. Yay. Game over. Go, goodbye. Goodbye. It's just a tribute to man's creativity, I'll tell you.